Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! There's no better way to spend Christmas other than with the singing Santa himself, Mr. Ray Jewell. Santa, St. Nick, (laughs) welcome back. Thanks, Mr. Thompson. Uh, wait a second. No, you're looking more like Jack Frost today. Yeah. Except you had that Patriots Christmas cap on. I don't get that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I like to dress up for the podcast. That's why I'm wearing this nice tie. Oh, and, yeah. Well, it is ugly sweater day it is. at uh, well, Rock County Christmas It's School. otherwise known as the awkward day where, you know, you're, you're complimenting ugly sweaters and then realizing, oh, they didn't realize it was ugly sweater day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is our, our Christmas edition and I will say uh, that this is the uh, Christmas edition, well, let's just say this year that, that Ray saved Christmas. Because <laughs> I, I canceled this program probably about two or three times. Yeah. Before we started. But you know. Uh, as you've been reading on Facebook, if you're friends with me, you know that I've been going through some health struggles recently and some, uh, I'd say a little bit of discouragement as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I canceled this and rescheduled it, canceled it, rescheduled it, and then Ray finally just said, you know what, you need to do it. Slap me around a few times. <laughs> like the real St. Nick. Yes! He oh, yes. Nicaea. Yes. That's another story for another time. He, he's never lived that down, has no, he? <laughs> no, no. I'm proud of that. You know? <laughs> I teach my kids to punch heretics every Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, maybe not Arminians yet. Well, but I would hope not, since... Uh, Heretic, we, Armenian, you know, uh, We won't even go Anyway, there. all right, so we're... Uh, this <laughs> I'll our, get you later. <laughs> this is our Christmas edition, and, and Ray thought it would be a good idea, uh, which is weird that Ray had a good idea, uh, to go over some, some commonly held myths hmm. about Christmas. Yeah. Because uh, there, there's a lot of them, and uh, we don't, we're not even enough time. We could... We could do a, a yearly annual edition of this. We could. And keep going. I think, well, I, it's pretty obvious the first one that we need to address is the three wise men, or the three kings. Yes. Um, you know, the eh, Bible doesn't say that there were three. It says that there were three gifts brought. Uh, there's nothing about the entourage that probably would have traveled with the right. kings. And the kings, guess what? It, they didn't show up at the original No, they didn't. But, but I still like the hymn, We Three Kings of Orient Are. I love the Peach Boys version. <laughs> Figures. Um, you know, but it's just the, the harmony is so I don't good. know. I, I'd, I'd have to listen to that one. Because you haven't heard that? I, maybe I have, but it's been a while. And the thing is, Beach Boys and surfing music... Just doesn't seem like <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. goes with We Three Kings. Well, they, they did make a Christmas album. And oh, okay. The, only, okay. the only song I liked off that was We Three Kings. It, it, it's my favorite version of that song. All right. And well, I do I'll like the song, even though story. you're right. The Bible does not say there were three. In fact, from the studies I've done, the vast amount of studies that I've done, in the you years are, of experience You are vast, have, yes. <laughs> um, it, there, there most likely was many, many more than three. I, uh, they would have traveled in, in a very large entourage. Is well, that... right, and and part of that is for protection. Right. And part of that, it just makes sense to have, like, again, if even if they were kings, they're more than likely magi or yeah. uh, not magicians, but astronomers. Yeah, not, not magicians. You know, people who studied the stars and were able to discern prophecy somehow. Right. 
Um, so, but they take this, this journey. Um, some of the recent things I've read would say that they would be from Arabia. Um, you know, and in that day, that would have been the Orient. Right. Um, and that's... Uh, we making some Orient talk. Right. And bearing this, we traverse afar, right. which, you know, traverse, travel. Wait, have you heard? Have you heard about that? Uh, I don't know. Well, there was, a, there was a story about a young man traveled to Georgia for Christmas. Okay. And he went to the, the town square. And, of course, Georgia, Bible Belt. And there's a huge nativity scene. And, unfortunately, yeah, they had the wise men mm. there. And, but the wise men were all wearing fireman hats. Oh, okay. And the guy was like, what in the world? So he asked this elderly lady sitting next to him. said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I'm new here, but uh, why are the firemen wearing fire? Why are the wise men wearing fireman hats? And it's like some sort of teenage prank or something. And she got real offended. She said, son, apparently you don't read your Bible. He said, ma'am, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I, I know my Bible. I don't think anything about firemen at the manger. She's like, you don't know about the wise men? They came from afar. 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 Oh, She's yeah. southern. It's a draw. <laughs> a fire. Okay, anyway. I'm half southern. Wow. My, mama, my mama's from Georgia. <laughs> so anyway. Just um, so you know. Well, and I, I think also, you know, if you look at, at Matthew 2, the account of the wise men, uh, you know, they came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star and, and it rose. And uh, by the way, and, and the other thing about the star, it probably wasn't over the manger. It, it wasn't for, it wasn't to identify um, where Jesus was. It was, uh, of course, it was for the wise men to follow. And of course, again, he wasn't, they weren't at the manger. That's not short enough time. So, um, <laughs> but they got Herod's attention. You know, three guys from, you know, what, what, how would they ever well, get the king's attention? Now, I mean, this is how ingrained this number of three yeah. is in our psyche. You just said three guys. We, we're saying no, that's that what, that's wasn't what, that's necessarily what I'm saying. three guys. That, no, that, that, you were uh, listening. I was, sort of. So, <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is if it, if it were only three guys, oh, okay. how would Herod, why would Herod even care? Right. But if there's like a track of like a hundred or, you know, even hundreds of... People going through um, Jerusalem. That would be a big deal. That, that would, would get, get his the attention. attention. The king. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, there, yeah, there weren't three wise men. And again, even according to the, the, the biblical account, they were not at the manger. So that ruins a whole lot of these nativity scenes. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a nativity scene right, you should have the wise men way on the other side of the house. Afar. Afar. Yeah. <laughs> Afar. Yeah. Don't, but don't play with matches. No, don't play with matches. <laughs> that, that's a tip from Santa kids. Yeah, right. So... You want to be on the naughty list. All right, so that, that's the first one. Um, oh. So the second one, and Ray, I know you're a little passionate about this. Yeah. You talked about this. So uh, Jesus was born in a manger. And when you think of a manger, you're thinking like a farm scene right. uh, where there's animals dee, and dee, 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 there's the, the cattle are lowing, the poor baby sleeps. Yep, yep, yep. Um, But probably not born in a stable or born in a... You know, farm setting. Right. Um, I've been reading through a book that our good friend David yes. Swanson Who needs sends. To the podcast. Wait, well, I talked to him, his, uh, my professor McAllister, who's he and David get together all the time. That's where the books come from. Ah, okay. I said, we'll come up to Rochester sometime. He said, just let's uh, set it up. So, anyway. The book is entitled Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, and it's by Kenneth Bailey. Kenneth Bailey uh, basically grew up in that 
part of the, country, uh, the world and has studied Arabian Christian literature and also looking at the culture of uh, that area. You know, it, was, it was the practice of families to have a guest room that could be called an inn, but then they would have their own living quarters and that night they'd bring all the animals in for protection for the animals and whatnot. They were part of the family and there was probably a, a couple of holes in there for feeding those animals. And uh, Bailey's contention is, and it sure makes a whole lot of sense to me, is that was what he was talking about. So instead of picturing the innkeeper as a nasty guy for yeah. turning out a pregnant lady, right. he did the best thing he could do. In fact, invited this family into his home. You know, and there, were, there would have been animals coming in and out. You know, so that part of it is okay. Yeah. But the fact that uh, you know, we have this grandiose vision of Mary having that baby with nobody there but Joseph yeah. and you know there was there's no um, you know I mean the, the innkeeper was such a bad dude I mean right. that, I, it doesn't fit In fact, the he culture says, he says here anyone who has lodged with Palestinian pe peasants knows that notwithstanding their hospitality the lack of privacy is unspeakably uh, painful one cannot have a room to himself, and one is never alone by day or by night. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea that they're just these outcasts by themselves, uh, even the culture of the day wouldn't allow for it. Right. And it, what's, what's interesting, I think that Bailey makes this point too, is that, isn't that wouldn't that be the way that the, the king of the universe, who's all about community, would come to this world, not in a private, individualized yeah. setting, but in the midst of community. Hmm. I, I mean, that's that's really opens my mind to a lot of different things. And the thing right. is, the Bible doesn't really say one way or the other. Yeah. But it makes sense to look at the culture that yeah. would have been prevalent in the day to uh, reformulate our thinking. About Which is what Bailey's Christmas. book is really all about. Oh, yeah. It I doesn't mean, cover just this issue, but many others. Right. He's got four chapters on yeah. just the birth uh, account the narrative right. uh, the, uh, the nativity account alone yeah and then there's several others he gets into he basically goes through the book of Matthew and goes through the Sermon on the Mount uh, the Lord's Prayer just giving different insights that really make sense from a Middle Eastern right. eye and maybe those of us in the West need to get out of our little cocoon that we put in yeah. ourselves in and uh, you know, individualized a lot right. of the Bible that probably isn't the right thing to do. Right, and yeah, so uh, and that doesn't destroy anything of the Christmas story. We still no. see a humble birth, a humble beginning. Uh, the the great the greatest part about Christmas is not you know this idea of just Jesus being extra 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 poor and an outcast, mm -hmm. but it's the it's the idea of the incarnation of Christ. Uh, God himself comes in human flesh yeah. to redeem his people for himself. Well, and, and that is the essence of Christmas, because it's always pointing to the cross. Right. Every, everything is leading up to the cross and resurrection of Jesus, including the Old Testament, you know, the one coming, the one coming, the one coming. Isaiah 53 talks about this suffering servant. 
Right. And, you know, but the fact that Jesus left the glory of heaven, and Philippians 2 talks about that, where you know, he did not count equality with God something to be grasped. Yeah. But he humbled himself and be, took on the form of a slave. The actual right. word there is slave. Not even servant, but slave. Doulos, right, Doulos is a slave. And he did that because he loves us. I have one little difference with you. No, never. Yes. Not, I, no, not I, possible. I, mean, <laughs> I agree. I, I agree 100% with what you just said. Uh-huh. But I want to add a, a, a slightly different emphasis as well. Not all, The incarnation is not important just because of the cross. Right. But Jesus had to come and live a perfect human life. Mm-hmm. So uh, theologians distinguish this between the passive obedience of Christ and the active obedience of Christ. Mm. So Christ not only took away our sins at the cross, paid the penalty that we could never pay on our own, mm-hmm. but he also lived a perfect life. So not only did he, did he erase our record of sin, but he replaced it with his record of righteousness, mm-hmm. which he did during his 30-some-odd years uh, here on earth, living the perfect life that we couldn't do. Right. So, all, so the incarnation was necessary not just for the cross, but for to right. live that perfect life as right. well. And, and the thing is, we're not still capable of living anything right. yeah. near the yes. perfect life, especially on our own. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. Right. And, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, you'll be amazed at what's going to happen after I'm gone. Yeah. And that's a reference, I think, to the Holy Spirit and dwelling yeah, the, uh, the, John, yeah. the people, the church, to do things that... He said, I'm I, not going to leave I, you I, orphans. I, mean, I just finished yeah. writing my blog through the book of Acts. Time and time and time again, and Peter and Paul are doing things that Jesus did. Right. They heal the sick, they raise the dead. Paul's trial mirrors Jesus' trial. Paul's <clears throat> suffering mirrors Jesus' suffering. And, I mean, okay, I'm gone there, so I'm going to open this up. All right, real quick. Cause we the prosperity gospel bring... people Uh-oh. got it wrong. Uh-oh. I mean, suffering is part of the Christian life. Yes. It really is. It was is. part of Jesus' life. Exactly. And, he and not only on the us. cross. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, he was br- brutally beaten. He was always ridiculed by the religious elite. He was downtrodden. He was Jesus wept. Yeah, he wept because he lost his best friend in the world, you know, Lazarus. That's where that is at. And, you know, so he had human emotion. He was fully God, fully man. And I'm not sure what all that means, but it means that at least this, he's worthy of our following him. He's worthy of the respect that is due the king of the universe. All right, let's try to fit in a couple more of these. And this is what I want to talk about because Ray irritates me. It's nothing. It's not. It's not biblical. Uh-huh. But I remember a woman telling me once, "Do you know the real story of the candy cane?" Oh. <laughs> well, according to this woman, that a candy maker who basically wanted to preach the gospel right. made a J-shaped mm. piece of candy. Uh-huh. Day for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the red, the, and white the red is the blood of Christ, yep, and the yep, white yep, is yep, the yep, washing. I've heard this so, one before. And all of this, and and uh, the problem with that is, it's a great, it's a great illustration. I think uh-huh. the problem is it's just not true. 
It's just not true. Yeah. Um, Myth happens. <laughs> yes, it does. And, and it seems to happen even more so around uh, holiday uh, And in the church for some reason. Oh, good grief. <laughs> um, yeah, the, that's not where it came from. Um, yeah, the first reports of candy canes are actually from the 17th century, uh, long yeah. before some Indiana candy maker, which is what uh, oh, is that's commonly the, story. the thing uh, there. Okay. Um, yeah. So that it's it's just it's just not true, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, America's introduction to the candy cane probably came in about 1847. Um, this article here is I'm, I'm reading from is from the Smithsonian uh, website. Well, and we can trust the Smithsonian. We can trust the government. If you can't trust the federal government, who can you trust? <laughs> but anyway, um, and I'll link to this on our website. Well, it makes an interesting case, so that Christians didn't come up with the candy cane, but we may have perfected it. Ah, um, red just and white, like just like Christmas itself. Yes, red and white candy stripe uh, candy didn't start showing up until around the turn of the century, but there is one thing Christians can claim for their own when it comes to the candy cane: it's not the shape or the stripe, but the machine that actually made them into jays. Because apparently, as uh, people would, did commonly break if you're doing it by hand. Mm. Uh, but Father Keller. Uh, with the brother-in-law of this other guy and his crew uh, somehow came up with a candy cane machine. But anyway, that whole thing is not true. But I, it's a good illustration. If you want to use it in Sunday school class well, and but, give you kids know, I uh, guess you know, I, cavities, I never, but... I never considered the fact that it was the letter J. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is a cane Right, and you use a cane on the opposite end. I mean, You're supposed it, to use a cane. I'm supposed to. And you're according to you, I'm supposed to use a cane too. Well, you probably should. We'll see. I, you you know, around. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I've always saw it more as a shepherd's hook than a cane, than right. a letter J. You know, and then, you know, you can, uh, somebody's getting too long. When did you just yank them around the neck and pull yeah. them off the studio? <laughs> uh, another popular myth, and I remember, I remember okay. some kids in a, a class that I taught were really upset when they heard about this. Um, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Probably um, closer to the Day of Atonement. That, and that's what people are suggesting, yeah. yeah. Um, Which would have been in October sometime, right? Right. And so how did the 25th come along? Um, it was most likely, according, uh, this is according to Michael Kruger in an article I'm reading here. So how did December 25th uh, become the date? Commonly thought that Christians took over the pagan holiday of Sol Invictus. Uh, which was on December 25th, but there's actually little evidence to back that up either. So, uh, and I've heard that too. Well, December 25th is just because there was a pagan holiday and Christians mm-hmm. just wanted to, and not necessarily really. Um, instead, it seemed early Christians may have reasoned from the supposed date of Mary's conception, which was thought to be March 25th, the same day Jesus was thought to be crucified. Fast forward nine months and you've got about mm. December 25th. Now again, we, we're not saying December 25th is, it's because it probably wasn't, but... Um, well, we have 364, you know, right, days, different, different days, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> but we don't know, and but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not going to be the bah humbug, especially I can't be bah humbug next to the singing Santa right here. I tell you, I mean, you know, we we will have to show you Scrooge's conversion on a Christmas yeah. carol to get out of that bah humbug. And then syndrome. we could talk whole lots of stuff about the actual Saint Nick. Oh, yeah. uh, Nicholas and <laughs> oh, I'd love to talk about Nicholas at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do also understand that Nicholas 
isn't probably dressed like the guy next to me in a big red suit. And white. Probably From not. what I understand from my research, mm-hmm. is this is more of a product of Coca-Cola <laughs> than it is like actual... So, our, our, our modern concept of Santa comes from Coke. Yeah. And also my health problems come from Coca-Cola as well. <laughs> I too. But uh, I'm not going to have... I, I, I did... Uh, if you notice on my desk, Ray, there's a glass, a Coca-Cola glass. Yeah? It's, a, it's an empty glass. It's not, uh-huh. it's not a glass uh-huh. of Coke. Well, it better be empty. Um, so I'd be but it's got a Coke it. logo on it, and a student bought it for me. He said, Mr. Thompson, I know you enjoy Coke, but you can't have it. But now you can, you can have your Coke and still drink healthy. So just pour some water in this. I appreciate the sentiment. The sentiment. Yes. But, you know, you could have an official smashing of Coke. <laughs> you know, take it back to it or, like, skull! All right, like I think, okay, you're getting way off. i got to rein you in. But, uh, all right, I think that's all the time we've got because, Ray, you and I have a meeting to go we to. We do have a meeting to so go to. So we're going to have to get going. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, got to sing a quick, let's see. It's the Singing um, Santa. Good about Singing Santa. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly peace my Christmas gift to all of you guys is I didn't join in Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. Have a good Merry Christmas and join us back next week. Don't forget to check out our website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We're going to have some blogs up there soon. And uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. Also on Instagram, same handle. Merry Christmas. Have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.